0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
2: Welcome into to the Inside Carolina Podcast. I'm your host Ross Martin, and I'm joined by Don Callahan. This is the Scoop, the premier UNC football recruiting podcast, and we have a very special guest today that we're going to bring on here in a bit. Steve Wiltfong, the national recruiting director of 24/7 Sports, is going to join us for a, a really nice conversation on UNC's recruiting class. Everything about the 2021 class. We're going to get to a lot of uh, different aspects of that. Before we start, let me let me bring in Don here. Don, how you doing? What's going uh, on? What's up? It's uh,
1: same stuff as usual. We're just living <laughs> living the uh, the pandemic life, isol- life of isolation. Although I did take a little stroll last night with my wife and talk to some na- neighbors, of course, at a six foot distance, which is always <laughs> kind of weird because when someone starts to get within that six foot bubble, you you have to kind of step take a step back, which feels awkward for everybody involved. But the one thing, you know, uh, bringing up Steve being on here, I'm, I'm glad he is. It reminds me of something I've been wanting to do for probably the past few weeks. The Cover 3 podcast, which we've talked about before, not a whole lot, but with Barton Simmons and um, there's two other guys on there. Um, Chip Patterson. Chip Patterson, yes. Um, there's one, Tom Fernelli. Tom yeah. Yes. All right. So one of my one of the podcasts that really has even since our, our podcast podcast that we did where we did the top five podcasts, um, has really grown on me the past year. But they've mentioned making sure we tell a friend about the Cover 3 podcast. So that's what I'm doing. I'm telling my friends on this podcast that if you are looking for a podcast to listen to, tune into the Cover 3 podcast. This is not a thing just because they are associated with 24-7 sports or CBS or whatever it may be. This is a this is legitimately the probably the podcast I listen to the most, mostly because they don't just talk about the coronavirus stuff. I definitely try to keep up with that. But like everybody else they get sick of it they and they don't just rehash old things which i i can't do I, I know a lot of people are doing that now but they talk about what you know the coming season they're breaking down the conferences and everything like that doing a right now they're in the middle of doing their spring gleaning and uh which i'm really enjoying um so definitely listen to that ross i know that was really like, long
2: yeah you're promoting another podcast on our podcast yeah good stuff uh love chip and, and barton but uh
1: do you listen to that podcast
2: yeah i'm actually i'm way behind so i'm I'm listening to stuff that's uh i'm behind on all my podcasts so i'm listening to stuff from january and february and march on all on my podcasts
1: really um okay yeah
2: so it's kind of interesting because you're hearing them hearing every i mean different, every different podcast mostly sports talk about stuff that before corona hit so it's yeah, odd it's, from that perspective well,
1: it's difficult to, cause I'm like you, I, I will go back and listen and try to catch up. But this time frame is difficult because even like a week, if you listen to something last week, it's so out of date with what's going on with the coronavirus that it's, I don't know if frustrating is a word, but it's, it's tough too, because you're like, Oh, this is wrong. Or this is not how we're thinking now and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's time. What's, what's going on um, with, okay. with you. <laughs> not much, man. Uh, every day is the same. But hey, let's get into it. Um, all right, so the Weekly Scoop today, or you posted on uh, on Tuesday. We're recording this Wednesday a.m. Great Weekly Scoop. I thought it was awesome. Um, it kind of leaned on what we have talked about with Top 10 Most Wanted, which was a, a great podcast and turned into a great article for, for us as well. You went into every position of need and, and what's going on with each player that UNC is targeting. There's some new names out here, especially – When it comes to tight ends, um, a lot of good intel on where UNC stands with each recruit. So definitely check out the weekly scoop on Inside Carolina for premium subscribers. I think right now we're running a 50% off discount code to join Inside Carolina. And we also, that comes with uh, all access, uh, free all access to to CBS, all access, which uh, I think has a lot of shows and movies and stuff, which is really cool. So definitely check that out. But we're going to get on here with Steve shortly and and to just kind of preview this. This is going to be, you know, he he comes from a national perspective. So he has, you know, we're in this bubble here. I, I was kind of just thinking about, it. like, you're on Twitter. You follow UNC people. You live in North Carolina. You, you 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 hear what's going on with the ACC schools. Steve, I think, lives in Indiana, and he covers, you know, every team. He covers the major recruits and major coverage and talks to coaches and talks to sources and talks to. Um, players and families and, and everybody. So he's going to give a national perspective on UNC's football recruiting, Mac Brown, chances with elite targets like Shipley and Grimes, um you know how UNC is doing all this good stuff that you know will, will give us a different um idea of of what's really going on with UNC in this incredible recruiting class. Don, what how would you preview this conversation with uh with Steve?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you did a really good job. I mean, I think the important thing is is <laughs> that bringing out the fact that he's looking at it from a national perspective, which I think is important. Um, and and also we'll get into a little bit of the ranking stuff, which a lot of fans – it's it's definitely been uh, a subject of, of of arguments and blow-ups and just a lot of conversation on Inside Carolina's message boards. The last probably – I don't know when, when uh, <laughs> things kind of – when the crap hit the fan. but uh, Was that
2: December? Was that December?
1: It was something like that. So, so yeah. So it had to be
2: before. It had to way before the signing, national signing day.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely was before signing day. Um, it might even October, November, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So, so that's important. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to towards that conversation to kind of get his intake, his great insight.
2: (laughs) Great. Well, before we bring Steve on, we're gonna take a quick break and talk to you about Giant T-shirt, GiantT-shirt.com. They are our loyal podcast sponsors. Right on Franklin Street. And online at t shirtcom They're selling a lot of Michael Jordan jerseys and shirts with the MJ doc on ESPN right now. So definitely check out Johnny T-shirt, t shirtcom 10% off discount code on the IC message board. Awesome, local, great customer service. JohnnyT-shirt.com. If you're going to buy UNC stuff, we know you are. Buy stuff for family, friends. Go to t shirt t shirtcom Awesome selection store is just so full of good stuff i mean they had like 50 to 60 different types of sweatshirts on their back of their wall there when i bought three sweatshirts there so definitely check out johnny shirtcom and on franklin street johnny t-shirt we'll be right back with steve Wiltfong.
0: hey i'm brett podolsky
2: All right, and we want to welcome in Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting for 24 7 Sports. Been there many, many years, long before I started at 24 7 Sports. Um, Steve, what's going on, man?
3: Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on.
2: How long have you been at 24 7 Sports?
3: Man, from the beginning, I think I was the third rider hire behind jc sherbert and jerry hamilton jc is obviously the pub of our south carolina site the big spur so he's still with us jerry hamilton no longer with us um but i was brought in yeah 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 absolutely (laughs) um but i was brought in uh to kind of be a midwest big 10 guy at that point it's just kind of blossomed from there
2: and uh were you ever at rivals before that
3: I wasn't. I was with ESPN Affiliates and then Scout.com Affiliates was kind of my uh, rise. And then my first ever job was at the South Bend Tribune in the sports department there, answering the phone and then covering high school sports and then Notre Dame athletics.
1: I um, remember you and I crossed paths a little bit at Scout. Not too much because you were with the Notre Dame site. But I remember we – and you probably don't remember this because – because you're big time, big time Notre Dame site. But we uh, worked a little bit together during, I think, a U.S. Army game in San Antonio. Do you remember yeah, those man. days was at that all? In Elijah Hood year. Oh, I couldn't tell you what year it was, but um, I do remember a little bit of us crossing paths uh, during your your scout days. Not a whole lot. Cool, yeah, Whoa.
3: man. I just I just know that we're family men, now, Don. It's That's right, kids, and we're doing the damn thing there.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was back back when both of us. Um, I'm assuming you weren't married at the time. I was not. I didn't have any kids, so different times for sure. You know.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I my first I memory. Met...
3: Go ahead. The see. year I met my wife. The year I met my wife was the year that like I decided to come to 24/7 Sports. So, what a year. Yeah, big year for you.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. um Steve, uh, obviously, is a, a national director, has a lot of national perspective on recruiting. The first time I remember Steve is I was uh, – the first time I met him was I was walking – I was working at 24-7 Sports Headquarters in Nashville. And I was like, man, Steve's coming in. Steve's coming in. I think it might have been for a national signing day because you'd always come into headquarters in Brentwood for national signing day or maybe it was for something else. And you came in and you had these, like, snakeskin – loafers on or dress shoes and like these kind of flashy sunglasses walking in just owning the room and everybody's like man that's steve right there and that was my first impression of you
3: but ross you're a you're a smooth dresser i like the <laughs> i like the threads you wear man you you, go. you rock that southern look well
2: <laughs> thank you all right well let's get into it enough small talk don's gonna have our first question we have a about 10 or so questions here we we'll keep it loose about UNC's class ranked number two in the nation right now. You know, the coronavirus has not affected recruiting at all. They've landed four or five commits since that hit in March. Um, And right now they they bypassed Florida, bypassed Clemson, are sitting pretty. Don, the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, Steve. So as you know, North Carolina is ranked second right now in the team rankings with their class. But uh, they have 14 commits, which is more than, I think, all but Ohio State. So that can that ranking could be a little bit misleading, as you know with with how that the formula works out from your perspective how How well is North Carolina doing in this class?
3: Well, yeah, you could certainly point to North Carolina and say they're number two because of how many commits they have, and I think class size is relevant. Uh, if you have more good players, your class is better um, uh, just by principle. Uh, and then obviously you flesh your argument out from there. But the thing that I'm looking at with North Carolina the most when I look at their, their class is the average ranking per commit, which is 91.59 right now, I believe. And if you look at the 2020 rankings, 91.59, uh, would would have been better than the number six class last year, the number seven class last year, the number eight class, the number ten class, the number eleven, number twelve. So you get my point. That uh, North Carolina's class, yes, it's big, but it's also extremely talented and uh, rightfully ranked in the top five right now. And and I, I don't know if they're going to finish in the top five. But if they maintain this level, it's a top 10 class, and and, it's certainly one of the best in the country.
0: Great.
2: Yeah, so um, what's the national perspective on this class? I mean, you talk to people all over the country about, you know, college football recruiting. You're talking to sources, you're talking to coaches, you're talking to players, families, other riders. Um, What are people saying about UNC in general in in 2021? And has there been kind of a, a buzz with what they're doing on the recruiting trail?
3: well i think just north carolina's buzz a lot of it's a local you know, when you look at this class you know, it's got 14 commits and i think 13 guys are in state right so the buzz the hubbub is just all local but it's so damn good you know like what a what a year of in state recruiting and, and for Mac Brown and the staff to kind of put up the fence around it and, and land a lot of their top targets and and get them in the fold. I think in a, in a way, it's still been like a, a quietly awesome class. I don't, North Carolina's kind of off in their own neighborhood doing their own thing. And, and I think college football will take notice in a couple of years when these guys are on the field. And when you combine this 2021 class with the 2020 class and just the way they're building it, and even back in 19, the quarterback room is in terrific shape, versatile, um, dynamic players on defense, a lot of depth. This is a defense last year that didn't have much depth. There wasn't much variety in the scheme because you were basically running the same guys out there for 70, 80 snaps. Now they're starting to get some personnel in there where you can be multiple, maybe design some things around uh, player specific abilities, and 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 really just be depth or deep and fresh for for an entire ball game. And, I can't wait for North Carolina to get this class in uh, to stack it on top of what they did in 2020 uh, with with what they did on the D-line and then adding guys like Conley uh, uh, to the mix as well.
2: So do you hear, like, SEC schools talk about what UNC is doing? Like, are they becoming a threat to schools like Tennessee and, you know, other schools that kind of compete for recruits?
3: Well, I think that Tennessee and and South Carolina are schools that would like to come into the state, but it's not like I'm hearing much praise. Not a lot of compliments are thrown out uh, around these parts. More more negative comments, and no one's saying anything negative about North Carolina behind the scenes.
1: Steve, so you touched on this a little bit, um, and we actually – just to give a plug to the weekly scoop a couple of weeks ago, we try to break down to see where this class will actually fall. And based off of some of the research I've done it's it looks like it's definitely going to be a top 15 class could probably, well, has the potential to reach into the top 10. Where do you see this class kind of falling
3: ultimately? Well, again, I think with the average ranking per commit and, and when you look at the targets that are still on the board. So you look at um, Jabari Ritzy, who's, who's got a higher, higher score than what north carolina's currently uh got so he would boost boost them if they land ritzy same with tony grimes i mean they're in the mix for tony grimes who has a much higher score than the average ranking. he would boost Zaire patterson wouldn't be a drain on it um who else who else am i kind of missing right now i know they're attacking will shipley i I, you know unless something happens that i'm not foreseeing i don't foresee will in the class uh, but are, are there some guys that I'm kind of Damian Wilson? Who am I? Uh, he's a four-star I mean, with us. Yeah, you touch on most of them. I mean, you mentioned Shipley, Logan, this, Logan
2: Taylor.
1: Logan Taylor's a guy, yeah, that no. Oh one yeah, talk-
3: who's another four? But he's another four-star with us. Yeah, so uh, I, I think uh, I, I think top ten, honestly, Ross uh, and and, and, and Don, uh, this class. <laughs> Everything is in place for North Carolina's class to be in the top 10. And, and, and when you look at the guys that are in the class, I can't really point to anyone and say we're skeptical on the ranking right now, where there's guys in other classes that might be ranked in the top 247 right now, but we already kind of feel like that's a, a reach or too high. Now I look at this North Carolina class and, and, and I kind of like uh, everybody in it. And I think my peers do, too. Um, And so I don't foresee uh, any kind of major drops with anybody. You know, maybe a guy will ultimately drop 15, 20 spots just over the course of attrition or maybe us learning a little more and not loving him as much as we do, but still liking him a ton. Um, But uh, I, I just, I don't see any, this class taking hits with guys that are already committed from a ranking standpoint. Yeah, so you can even point to a guy like Caleb Hood, who's a tremendous athlete. That maybe, over the course of his senior year, we have ranked as an eighty-seven. Maybe we fall in love with them a little bit more at you know in a in a more defined role that we can imagine in, in Chapel Hill.
1: All this kind of leads into one of the questions I wanted to ask: Is the the actual rankings process, which a lot of Inside Carolina subscribers are are curious about because it kind of caused some, as you know, it caused a, uh, I don't even know what to describe it, um, just a complete blow up on our message boards a few months ago. So can you just, in a nutshell, explain just how a recruit gets ranked, evaluated, and and all that sort of stuff?
3: Well, for us, we're trying to rank these guys in a slot that we think they're going to fall in the NFL draft. We think that the NFL general managers are the guys that are best suited to grade our work on high school football rankings. And, and uh, it typically goes hand in hand. Young men getting drafted are typically the best players on their college teams anyway. So that counters the argument, well, why aren't we ranking them for what they're going to do in college? Well, uh, Joe Burrow had a pretty damn good college career. He went number one. Chase Young, dominant college career, went number two. So um, we're, we want those guys to to judge. We feel those are the guys to best judge judge our work. I think the uproar on the North Carolina site was more that they thought that we were purposely dropping North Carolina guys. And you yeah, if on. I could
1: just jump in, is that a few months later? Rival, the the guy that we're talking about is Des Evans was dropped, um, and basically dropped out of from a from a, t- a uh, five star to a four star. Rivals did the same thing a couple months later, and there was no uproar. No one even mentioned it on our message boards, which was which was crazy to me. I guess because the sting of it had kind of fallen off. But go, go ahead, Steve. Just wanted to throw that in there. What? My two cents.
3: Well. I, I, I love that I come to work every day and I'm dealing with the college football diehard, the 85ers. Mm-hmm. I call them the guys that know all 85 players on scholarship on their team. And, and and your guys as readers invest a lot of time in the program and they have a lot of pride in the program and there's a lot of excitement around the program. So I understand the it's human nature to be pissed or defend or, or rally around what you feel is a slight to your program and, and I certainly respect that and and hell I, I hope Dez goes in the first round and proves us wrong and we have him in the third round so we like him a lot you know um, um, could he make us look bad and go in the first round where we originally had him ranked yeah but it doesn't mean we don't like him we still like Dez Evans but the thing that I was trying to argue the most is that there was no bias against North Carolina we weren't like how can we screw the Tar Heels today? Or how can we, I mean, we, because we want to get it right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this, this is you know, in three, four years when the NFL draft comes around, we want to be able to pump our chest and say, we got the pick right. So we're not, we're not trying to, um, there's no bias against any program, you know, and, and, uh, Josh Downs got a big bump from us and, and, uh, you know, I know we had Conley ranked higher than our peers, and and uh, you know we we Caden Baker is another that I think we had ranked higher than our peers, and, and and so that's just off the top of my head, and and maybe last year's class our our peers had more North Carolina guys ranked higher than we did, I don't know, I just I mean we liked the class, you know we it was a top twenty five class, and I just want to make it clear that we're not out here trying to poo poo on any school, uh, based on um, feelings. We're trying to get the rankings as right as possible. And, uh, so that's, that's all I got to say about that.
2: There you have it on the record, 24, seven sports analysts do not have a bias against North Carolina Heard it here first. Um, okay, great. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, Caden Baker, that's Don's man crush in the 2020 <laughs> class. Yes. so I big talked on that to guy. A
3: College coach. I talked to a college coach in Florida uh, that said that he was their, that was their sleeper guy in the entire state of just a, mm. a guy that's going to go to go to college and have a great career. And his dad uh, played center at Florida State, and I guess he was just a nasty guy uh, at the point of attack for the Noles back in his day. And so hopefully that nature has been passed down to Caden, uh, that, that toughness and that mentality along with his great physical traits.
2: Sure. Yeah. And hopefully those guys can get on campus at some point in the summer to, to start working for the 2020 season. All right. So you have mentioned some guys already in the 21 class. I would like to ask you, who do you think are the standouts and maybe some guys that aren't ranked as high? I mean, it's a, 60, a 14 person class right now. So who do you really like in the 2021 20, class? maybe beyond the obvious guys, uh, okay. give, us, give us two or, two or three guys.
3: So the guy that may be ranked too low um, that has just amazing gifts is, is Ra-Ra Dilworth uh, out of Kernersville Glen. I mean, he's, he's 85 pounds and he's ranked as an outside linebacker. um, But I don't know why he couldn't play safety in college. Talk about the speed uh, that he has. He's as fast as any any defensive prospect in the country um, just walking in the, in the room. And, and uh, he's such a versatile player and up to just a playmaker. Uh, He, I I think he's a guy that um, could continue to rise just on physical traits alone. I mean, he is a unique guy uh, with that ability to run and change direction. And, and obviously he's a playmaker, uh, that 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 finds the football and and, and is a a physical reliable tackler. Um, I think that Coach Bateman and company would be able to uh, do a lot of things with him. And you talk about the versatility that a guy like Gabe Stevens brings to the defense. But I'm just kind of enamored with with Ra Ra Dilworth because you look at these guys that are getting drafted high. One thing that a lot of these guys have in common is just that they're freakish. They roll out of bed with some traits that the average football player doesn't have. And when Ra-Ra Dilworth walks on the field for the first time in North Carolina, he's instantly going to be one of the most talented guys on the field. Now, we'll see how that translates to being a football player, but he is he is an extraordinary talent. And Don knows that. I've always been super high on power echoes, uh, but I'm kind of changing my mind of who my favorite player in the class is. I think it's, it's Ra-Ra Dilworth. Yeah, I've always
1: been a, a fan of Ra Raz. I guess the question and you, you touched on this a little bit is just his uh his size potential, uh, because he is a little slender, not the tallest kid. For a backer,
3: um, but why can't he play safety?
1: No, you're right. Mm. And then, and I've always said that he would be an absolute star for a creative defensive coordinator, which I think Jay Bateman is. Um a, a guy who a, a coordinator who can Use them a lot of different ways and take advantage of of that speed, that explosiveness, that those instincts, and and just a kid who wants to do well, who will do the extra things to study all the extra requirements that's going to be needed to play a you know versatile role. So I mean that that's been my position, and, and I agree. I mean he could he could be a safety in a lot of different defenses, and and I think he could be a linebacker in a lot of def- different defenses. But I, I've always felt like his best fit is somewhere that can. Move them all over the field and and really kind of make the offense kind of guess what they're going to do with him. Um,
3: well, that's up that's up to obviously Coach Bateman and Coach Brown and and, and the staff. But he he's different. And like I, I, I'm spawning you guys a little bit. I go to tracking football. Uh, we have a partner with those guys at 24/7 Sports. Tracking football has an algorithm that rates by the athletic these guys are um compared to their peers um uh, based on track data and combine data. Uh, uh Rara Dilworth is, you know, faster than ninety nine percent of the linebackers in their database over over the last ten years. He's numbered he's number two. I, I can't wow. look up who's number one number one for some reason. And this is this is based off his fifty five meter time. And and uh he's just that is so unique how how well he can run and uh, so uh, I just hope that North Carolina puts him in a position to flourish because this is a guy that isn't ordinary uh, from a skill set standpoint.
1: I I agree and uh, that brings me to my next question which is a, a guy similar um, as far as just being very uh, raw athlete and have a, long, a lot of different tools. Caleb Hood. He's generated a lot of conversation on our message board. Some of that is just because he's playing quarterback, but he could, a lot of people think he'll play a different position. But also, he plays for Richmond County, who has a very, very strong high school football fan base, and and that kind of trickles into our message board. What are your What are your thoughts on him, his his potential position, you know, and and I guess potentially where he could if if he could rise in the rankings.
3: Well, we kind of talked about that earlier in the show. I think he can because he's one of the more athletic players in the country with a documented, uh, 4-4-40 time with, I think it's like a 4-2 shuttle. So his speed and, and change of directions are off the smart, off the charts. And then obviously, I mean, he's a high school quarterback. And, and, and so you think that comes with that would be the, the high football IQ. I mean, he, his position uh, flexibility is, is certainly um big because of his skill set he could play i mean you could probably play him in the at running back you could play him uh, i mean i guess i don't know how well he can catch the football but i would assume he can play receiver and i would want to play him on offense a guy like that um with i would want the ball in his hands i mean when you when you turn on the film I mean, he's making people miss he's getting weaving in and out of tr- or weaving out of trouble and, and making things happen whether that's uh, Buying time to to make a throw downfield or or getting loose, uh, getting loose in open space and then, you know, out running people. I mean, he's strong with the football in his hands. He's good balance and so so I would find a way to get the ball to him on offense. And, and you start you talk about having him guys like him and and Van and 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 or, I mean, excuse me, Downs and and Blackwell. Um, all of a sudden you got some pieces uh, on offense that that are threats to score uh, every time they touch the football.
2: Yeah, and, and it seems like UNC has a lot of players with a lot of positional flexibility in this in this non-positional football, especially on defense. You got guys like DeAndre Boykins, uh, Dilworth, Gabe Stevens, Caleb Hood, a lot of guys that could, could be a linebacker or a safety or, or an outside linebacker. And then on offense could be could play some running back wide receiver so there's a lot of guys like that on this team um, my next question it kind of kind of back to what we talked about the beginning you know Mac Brown arrived um, in 2018 after that season and, and NC State fans were calling him too old he's 68 69 said it was more of a retread hire some people thought it was a lazy hire what have you heard about you know the, the vibe around Mac Brown and how he's doing, and how it relates to recruiting, and then, and then, secondly, what coaches on this staff do you think are are really changing the game for UNC football recruiting? Because we know that the head coach, in many ways, plays a CE role, but it's the assistant coaches who are out there grinding and really doing a lot of legwork with with recruiting.
3: Well, I, I mean, I think I was skeptical too, without really knowing him. You know, uh, it's a lot of people were skeptical. He's the same age as Coach Saban, but you got her. You got to go back, and this is a guy that won a national championship, played in another, and uh, had a lot of great teams at Texas and and North Carolina. So so you go back and look, this is a damn good football coach, and and, uh, um, you're only as good as your staff, and he put together a terrific, terrific staff. But you talk to the people around the program, and, and they say it starts with Coach Brown and just how he treats people and the energy he has every day. And then I think it's a carry down effect and he's, he's just outstanding. I did 24 seven sports social distance with him and I hope uh, all y'all caught that interview, but I could have spent two hours with him just, uh, shooting the shooting the bull with him and, 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 and listening to his stories. He's just a fun guy to be around with great energy and just a positive guy. And, and, and so people gravitate to that. But I'm just talking to people that have worked for him, they talk about how fair he is and, and how he treats people. And obviously he's got a lot of former players uh, that, that are working for him now in different capacities. So they love Coach Brown. And even when they were replaying that Texas ESPN game, uh, where they beat USC for the national championship, just the affinity that his former players had for him at Texas, I think shows how much they like Mac. And, and I always kind of use the joke that there's some coaches out there that aren't going to get invited to a lot of weddings. They don't care about their relationships with their players as much as, as others. And I think that that's an important component for coach Brown is uh, being more than these young men's football coaches. And, uh, um and 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 that translates on the recruiting trail. Uh Jay Bateman, uh Tommy Thigpen, Dre Bly, Lonnie Galloway are, are guys right away that I can point to and, and say are making an impact on the trail. I think Stacey Searles as well. Uh I I hate the fact that maybe I overlooked. I mean Tim Cross, you gotta say, right? When you look at North Carolina and Bringing in one of the best defensive line classes in the country last cycle, and then have a chance to do it again this year with with Silver and Ritzy. Ritzy's a guy that I think could also really rise uh, in in our rankings. Tracking football, uh, again, they have their their algorithm um, that ranks these athletes, and there's a 5.0 is a perfect score on their scale, with 3.0 being like the line for Power Five kids. And I think the average score for like a draft pick is 3.3 to 3.5. Uh, ritzy's a 5.0 he's perfect with guys like julio jones and, and bo jackson that's the territory ritzy's in when you take his track data that's mm. not only throws but running and and i i got a cool story coming on ritzy here in the near future but talking to his mom his mom's a track coach does y'all know that
1: yes she's very i think she's yeah i mean she's,
3: just, yeah, I mean, she's cool, very
1: man. yeah she's very accomplished also in in the track um
3: i guess right Yeah. area yeah yeah, it's just cool, man, and and so the pedigree that he comes from, just how competitive his household is, but in, like, a good laid-back way, I just think Ritzy's going to be a star for whoever gets him, and obviously the crystal ball favors North Carolina, but he's just that alpha, again, rolls out of bed, freakishly more talented than most people, um, and then mm. you combine that work ethic with it, um, th- these are guys that that you see going high in the draft, but Sounds like everybody on North Carolina staff is is, is making an impact. Um, Guys that year more than others. I mean, Dre Bly uh, and uh, um, Jay Bateman and and some of those cats. Monty Galway.
2: For sure, yeah. JJ Jones, another four
3: star we didn't talk about earlier in the show. Like, who else could North Carolina get? JJ Jones is another four star with us. Yeah, um, that that I think North Carolina's in pole position for as they battle Georgia and, and South Carolina and some others. You,
2: you're going to light the message board on fire with, with some of those comments about Ritzy. A lot of high praise there for the Kernersville native. It would have been embarrassing if Don didn't know the, the little tidbit about his mom being his track coach. But Don uh, said he knew that. should have so. known. <laughs> he said he did. Um, all right, Don, all you. The two two big questions coming up, we're going to close this out. Uh, two more from Don, uh, and then I have one to kind of close this whole thing up.
1: Yeah, so you got into J.J. Jones a little bit, and you've actually even mentioned Shipley. Um, and you and I are in agreement that we don't see Shipley landing at North Carolina, but just to kind of, I guess, give um, the listeners an idea, where where what are you hearing as far as Shipley's concerned with his timeline and also the strong contenders for him?
3: So I haven't dug on Shipley in the last week, kind of giving the young man some space and his family, because I think he's getting close to a decision. But so the the week prior, going into getting close to a decision, I thought that Clemson was the one to beat for him. I think he had a great visit there in January, um, and and uh, I think that they're the one to beat. And I think Notre Dame is really giving him a lot of pause. And just to give some insight on on Shipley, he's such a a, a, a great outgoing kid that I think all the schools that are in the mix feel like they have a good shot because he gives them the, the time and, and energy to, and, you know, I think that if you were to ask some people around the Duke program, they would tell you that they have a good shot of Shipley and maybe they do. I'm just trying to put into perspective what type of kid he is uh, great personality uh, communicates at a very high level. And uh, so uh, I think if you're talking to him, you feel good about your chances because, I mean, you, when you compare him to his peers on the way he communicates, I mean, he, I mean, he talks, talks like a, you know, a damn adult, you know, like he's thirty years old and been around the block a few times, you know, and so, I, uh, I don't know. So, I, I think he's going to go to Clemson. If he doesn't go to Clemson, I think he'll go to Notre Dame, but um, maybe I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, this th- th- it seems like Tom Loy is really high on on Notre Dame's chances.
3: Well, I mean, I, he may have a point, you know, but I think Tom has gone back and forth on that, too. I mean, I think that, you know, he's he's talked about Clemson having a good shot also.
2: It's it's crazy the geographic advantages Clemson has, I mean, and the schools in the South. I mean, they're so close to Georgia, so close to North Carolina, and a town in Florida, whereas it's just more difficult for the Midwestern schools, and especially schools up north, to, to gain any traction with any of these players that are, that are more in southern locales, it's, it's kind of wild. They're definitely a disadvantage off the bat.
3: I mean, Notre Dame has a lot to saying. tell, though. They've been in the, co- they've been in yep. the college football playoff. They're, they're in the top 10 sure. uh, quite a bit under Brian Kelly, and, and their, their graduation rate speaks for itself. But, um, you know, when you're recruiting against schools like Clemson and North Carolina and, and some of these schools in the SEC mm-hmm. that are doing a great job recruiting for nine innings, you're right. It is tough for Notre Dame to pull an out-of-region kid when Dabo Sweeney's doing such a good job with the kid. But, um, you know, you, all these all these teams have lost big recruiting battles, so we'll see what happens with Will Shipley.
1: Yeah, and Clemson and Notre Dame have kind of taken different approaches to this dead period. Clemson's kind of just basically operating the same as they were, they were operating before, you know, the same amount of calls it seems like, and that's what kind of Will has shared with me. But Notre Dame has kind of just done everything – within their imagination to try to basically kind of pull him out of North Carolina. What, from your perspective, which, which I guess, method do you think is going to end up working best?
3: Well, it just, it kind of depends on the kid. You know, some kids, it doesn't matter how many times the coach calls, they're going to make a college decision based on the the information uh, that they have on the, on the institution's, but some kids like to be recruited, and and they're going to make the they're going to take the they're make the decision based on the relationship, and and so uh, and now certainly, if the kid's making the decision on the relationship, he also has data, and also if the kid making the decision on data, he also probably has some relationships. But the kid that's making the decision primarily on the relationship, he's going to lean towards the school that's making more calls and and being in more contact more that's just the school that he's going to be more familiar with and have the better relationship with. Where, uh, So so, I don't, I, it just depends on, on the kid. You know, there was, a, there was a Braden Smith, an offensive lineman in the NFL that went to Auburn uh, from the state of Kansas that hated the recruiting process. So schools were almost scared to contact him because they didn't want to piss him off, but they also wanted him to know, hey, man, we want you to come here. <laughs> so it's a, it was a fine line with Braden Smith.
1: Yeah. Now, while uh, Shipley is is on the verge of making a commitment, you know, within the next few weeks or so, Tony Grimes, the guy that wants to wait until December 1st to to make his decision. Um, so a lot of things can happen. I mean, things change with him so much in just a matter of weeks, really. What, what are you kind of feeling on him?
3: Well, I think, you know, my crystal ball is on Georgia. Uh, and so I think that Georgia has the edge at this point in, in the recruitment, but I don't think it's like a done deal to the dogs. Although he's been going to take like four visits to Athens in the spring and Kirby smart is not sleeping at the wheel with any recruits, including, including Tony Grimes and his staff. They're doing a terrific job of, of, of recruiting Tony. Uh, but I, I, I think North Carolina's way in that one. And, and, and uh, Dre Bly and, and, and the staff and the defense and the way the program's trending and an opportunity to uh, potentially make a, a, a quick impact in, in Chapel Hill. I think those are all reasons that, that Tony's high uh, on North Carolina. And uh, Tony, uh, Tony, and his family—they've also talked highly of places like Clemson and Ohio State as well. So, um, but I would—if I was handicapping the race right now—I uh, would probably put Georgia and North Carolina uh, in the top two.
2: All right, yeah, that Grimes recruitment, that's going to be message board fodder and, and traffic-producing content up until December 1st. We're so looking forward to following the Grime Dog, Tony Grimes, out of uh, Virginia. All right, last question here for you, Steve, as we wrap this up. I really appreciate you taking your time. It's been great. You, know, you, have, such a, you have such a well-versed knowledge of, of recruiting across the whole nation. I mean, you went through all of UNC's recruiting class. You know details about certain players, and I'm sure you know the same for a lot of other schools as well, um, particularly – the power of five. My question, um, you know, not related to UNC at all, but what's your day to day look like and, and how do you kind of prepare yourself um, w- with this knowledge and all these recruits? I mean, how do you study? Do you How much tape do you watch? What's the process to get intel, to, to review the tape, to to do everything you do to put together the content and the information you have?
3: Um, I just have a passion for it, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I mean, first of all, I love meeting people and 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 building relationships with with kids and their families and so each year you get to do new ones and and meet new people and hear their stories and that's fun for me and then i I certainly like the general manager uh point of view of seeing how rosters come together and and seeing how that comes out the other side from a win-loss standpoint and an nfl draft standpoint and so that that's fun for me to dive into that and and see how, how those things come together. But I don't know. I mean, I work. You know, all my hours of my workday are devoted towards either learning about kids and where they're leaning for their recruitments or learning about kids and, and what I think about them as players. And whether it's talking to high school coaches I've gotten to know over the course of time, like Don, his Rolodex gets bigger every year by shaking trees and going out to camps and combines, mine too, you know. But the high school coaches in the area, you know, you can hit them up and you played against this kid. High school coach I've known for six seven years, so you get insight for from all over. And uh, just being 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 around it in August, I'll start my twentieth year as a sports writer, and and of course the first five or six were in just the South Bend market, and so that doesn't really pertain to to what I do now. Um, but I've put in a lot of time and, and uh, built a lot of relationships and been around it for a long time, so I think I have experience in my corner uh, at this point.
2: For sure, yeah. I mean, and people forget I covered recruiting. I was Don's competition for like three or four years and, and definitely scooped him a bunch of times. And he was very happy when I when I came onto his side. But yeah, I mean, you're on your phone all the time. You're setting up interviews with – I mean, it's very hard to coordinate these interviews with kids. You're texting – I mean, you're sending out thousands of texts sometimes uh, or maybe, maybe hundreds a day just trying to set up interviews, get intel, coaches, sources, players, family, anybody – they can give you any sort of insight, and so it's an all-encompassing job that is definitely um, time-consuming. But you have to, have, yeah, like you said, you have to. Have a, you have to like it. You have to enjoy it. You have to have a passion for whether it's that team or or the the nature of the job or just the recruiting job in general. And, and of course, you
1: two know that better than I do. All right, Don. Anything else? No, I just really appreciate Steve taking some time out. As you mentioned, he's he's a busy, very busy day. So to take out. Uh, what has it been like uh, almost an hour with us is uh, much appreciated.
3: Well, I appreciate it. I'm no more or no less busy than y'all. Y'all are working as hard <laughs> as anybody I know. And we're just working different, you know, different uh, lanes. Uh, but I know that you guys aren't cheating the folks uh, over there at, at Inside Carolina. But I appreciate y'all. I like going to your guys' message board. I even, I even like the back and forth during the Des Evans uh, deal because <laughs> it allowed me to. It allowed me to say over and over, we don't have a bias. um even though some people weren't hearing it but um that's just because they love the tar heels man and they want what's best for north carolina but you guys take care thanks for having me on and and we'll talk to y'all soon
2: all right appreciate it steve we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back with more of the scoop
3: okay picture this it's
0: friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
2: Football recruiting podcast here on Inside Carolina, sponsored by Johnny T shirt and giant t shirt.com. That was a great interview with Steve. I mean, I think he's great. I mean, he knows his stuff, he has good insight. Um, yeah, I uh, what, what would you think? What's some initial thoughts? You could go back and forth here a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we could have had we, we covered so many different topics and we could have talked to Steve for probably for like five hours on the amount of topics that we were getting into. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, he has a wealth of knowledge on all of UNC's commits. Few outside of this market have that level of, of knowledge. And as far as things sticking out, I mean, the the numbers that he threw at us about Rah-Rah with his speed and how it compares to prior linebackers was uh, something that I didn't know, and it was super impressive. Um, I already had a high opinion of Ra rah that raises that. Um, l- loved hearing what he was talking about with um, – uh with Javari Ritzy. Baker. Oh, Baker. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Baker. That Javari stuff. Yeah, yeah. The Javari you know. Ritzy
2: stuff was awesome. I mean, it seems like uh he's super high on Ritzy. He might rise even more in the rankings.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's interesting. Um what what else stuck stuck out to you?
2: Uh see here. I mean, I think I think the Grimes stuff and the Shipley stuff was kinda as expected, but I mean it it does seem that UNC is very much in there with Grimes and they have a little bit of a geographic advantage over Georgia. So we'll see how that plays out yeah I thought the stuff about Dilworth and Ritzy was great. You know the Des Evans stuff was fun, no bias clearly um yeah and hes I, I think he he it was cool how he said that you know he doesn't expect many players in his class to drop at all, so the ranking is gonna is gonna stay pretty high, um even as other teams add players that you know they're in for some other four stars that will will keep the ranking pre- pretty consistent so that that ten top ten range is definitely within reach yeah. He wasn't – I think the quote was he wasn't skeptical in any of the rankings of the kids that that UNCS committed right now.
1: Yeah, watch that bite him right in the ass in a few months when somebody (laughs) drops. Yeah, yeah. That's that's – some guys could drop for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think – but I think it's good and hopefully it's it's one thing to kind of see a ranking and see a player drop and just kind of just get mad. And I think Steve at least puts a voice to the rankings – And maybe that makes people a little bit more understanding that, hey, this is not he's just they're just trying to reach their goal of of getting the best marks with the NFL draft in four years. Not they don't they're not necessarily trying to sabotage any any program or or any any publication like ours and definitely not ours, considering that we're one of the top. Um, publications <laughs> on the, on the network, not to boast, um, but um, yeah. that wouldn't be a great uh, business decision.
2: Yeah, You're saying publications like it's a magazine or a, a newspaper. It
1: used to be before your yeah, time; it was more. magazine. Yeah, it you used to times. be.
2: <laughs> um, I bet people love getting that magazine in the mail. Like I remember, I always looked forward to Sports Illustrated. You know, every mm-hmm. Thursday it come. I'm mm-hmm. um, sure that that was a monthly, right, in South
1: Carolina. Yeah. Uh, well, it was it was ten issues, so it was almost monthly. So, okay. but I know that gotcha. um, you know, the for me and, and for obvious reasons, the recruiting one I always loved because that was the one I was always involved with. But I, for the longest time, up until maybe like a year ago, I I kept all of the recruiting ones, and it was great to kind of look back on some of those things. And there are subscribers who shared similar stories with me, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, selfless plug.
2: Yeah, did you ever just look at them late at night and just think about the great times? <laughs> I can't say that I have. There you go. Oh, <coughs> whoa. I got a little oatmeal down my throat oh, here. Oatmeal Corona. <coughs> All right. That's right. Let's not joke about that. All right. Top five. I think we've we've teased this one a couple times here. The top five we're about to do is the top five things that you miss during this time of social distancing and quarantine. The top five for our next episode. Will be very simple. Your top five drinks. I did this with my group chat yesterday. I have a pretty pretty active group chat. Shout out to the peanuts. Uh we did top five drinks. Um and it was, it was pretty interesting. I think it's a there's a lot of options and you can kind of describe how you want it served or or maybe the the scenario in which you like to have that drink. You know, some people say like coffee in the morning or you know, a beer after our, doing some yard work, etc. So top five drinks. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Maybe get some new ideas, whatever things. And this can be. I mean, you can do. I would focus on non-alcoholic, but you can definitely throw in an alcoholic drink or two. We're all adults here. It is legal to drink above the age of 21. But my list had four non-alcoholic drinks and one alcoholic drink. Don, thoughts?
1: Yeah. Um. I'm gonna have to really think for this one because I, I I'm a big water drinker. Um, yeah. so, uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see what other people put So I think it's important to, cause I, cause when you brought this to me, I immediately thought, okay, top five alcoholic drinks. Cause when you say drinks, that usually means alcohol. So I think it's important people kind of throw in other stuff in there, not just, uh, alcohol. Uh, most people I would assume drink coffee, um, in the morning. So I'd much
2: For- have her, I'd much rather have a non-alcoholic drink than alcohol drink. I mean. There's tons I'm with, of things I'd much rather have before I have a beer.
1: I'm with you, and that might be something that you and I are on the same page about. <coughs> Def, I definitely yeah. drink, but I, I just uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes it sound bad. I, um, but I, I, I mean, I love a big glass of water with ice. Just like, that's that's. I it. could,
2: I could see you being a big like whole milk guy. Just no. go down, age 30, whatever, 39. Glass of whole milk, get it in a little bit in your in your mustache. You know, four percent. Just two glasses of whole milk a day.
1: I am not actually. Um, <laughs> I, I have it in my oatmeal, and if if I have some uh, chocolate chip cookies or Oreos, I love a big glass of uh, milk to kind of dip it in. But besides that, I'm not a milk drinker.
2: I knew this would turn to a conversation about desserts. Um, you know, we didn't have any uh, adult beverages at the man cave, did we? We did not. Um, you've what did we felt- drink? I don't Did know. I drink lemonade or tea. I think it was tea, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Let's get into our uh um, oh, we-
1: how we submit. Submit via Twitter <laughs> at Don Callahan IC or on the Inside Carolina message board. Just PM me Don Callahan or you can email me Don at InsideCarolina.com. We actually got some new uh, submissions or new submitters this time around. So I hope that we can get, let's get some more new submissions. If you have not submitted before, please do so th- this time. All right. Everybody <laughs> yeah, drinks. drinks but... Everybody drinks. So come on, you, you have yeah. no excuse.
2: Drinks is a great uh, way to get started with the top five. All right, let's do it. Um, all right. I'll go first. Locke from Greensboro. This is the top five things he misses during this time. Live sports on TV. Typically the masters and premier league. Ooh, premier league. Two, seeing friends in person. Zoom calls aren't making up for it. Three, church. Not the same watching on Facebook Live. Four, kids sports. It's easy to complain about, but I enjoy seeing my kids play soccer and spend time with their friends. Definitely relatable for me. Five, restaurants and breweries. I didn't realize how often we actually ate out until it was gone. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. All right. You're up. Big All dog. Right,
1: so I'm going to go with Ryan at, in Chapel Hill, who, um, as we've mentioned before, is definitely fighting the coronavirus for us, which is great. Um, and he's a as, researcher,
2: kind of like a medical researcher, it sounds like.
1: Yes. Yeah. Something along those lines. He can't give us too many details, but it's, but it's kind of cool to know that, that he's out there in, on the front lines. And while he's, while he's engaging in that battle, he has Ross and Don in his ears. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. All
2: right. So we're essentially fighting corona. Me and you. Yes.
1: Yeah, indirectly we are. Um, all right.
2: But we. Uh, he, he has emailed us a couple of times, and he says he uses the podcast to relax and, and, and uh, take time away from what is a very stressful time for him.
1: Yeah. All right. So number one, happy hour with colleagues. Our jobs can be pretty stressful, and unwinding is so important for our mental health. We do this with Zoom now, but it's just not the same. Number two, going to the gym. I use I this time to just get get my mind off everything I have some some workout equipment at my place but my mind isn't really adjusting to not going to the gym Number three trying new restaurants so much good food in the triangle particularly Durham really miss going to new places number four traveling I usually have to to travel for work every once every six weeks uh, while out I usually get to get get to go to nice restaurants museums and landmarks and number five Saturdays on the trails with the dogs. I have two dogs, and they're rambunctious, like the little devils. We'd go to trails or to Franklin Street often on Saturdays just to get out of the house. um obviously can't do that all right uh you gonna read okay. we're just gonna read two each. I'll
2: do Corey from Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I think this is a new one. yes, all right, uh number five he goes, friends, our schedules don't line up i Miss the opportunity to grab up food and beer with friends for sprint car races four tens to be exact. I have to, uh, there's, there's two famous racetracks near his house in Williams Grove and Port Royal. My son, some friends and I go Fridays or Saturdays. Every chance we get it's good, cheap, entertaining and bring your own beer. Plus my wife likes that. We were out of that, her hair for a while. That sounds pretty fun. I mean, I, I'm not a huge sprint car, NASCAR, that kind of stuff, but just going, I mean like a local race like that, Bring your own beer, hanging out. That sounds awesome. Three, sports. Everything about sports. All sports. I miss sports. Two, family. Family dinners on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. Family members babysitting the kids for us. Just hanging out with our parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews. FaceTime, Zoom are great, but it's not the same. And alone time. (laughs) He's married to a school counselor. They have a five-year-old and a 20-month-year-old. So he loves them, but he misses his alone time to work on household projects and yard work. As soon as I start a job, someone wants to help, needs something, or needs a diaper change. There's the, uh, the downsides of having kids, I guess.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with another uh, new, sub- new submission. Wes from D.C. and taxation without representation. I love that uh, little slogan on the license <laughs> plates in D.C. All right. Number one, seeing family. The Zoom calls are honestly getting old. Number two, happy hours. I'm a big-time extrovert, so I hate not being able to catch up with my friends over some cold draft beers. Number three, gym workouts. My apartment gym is closed, so I'm stuck doing the insane Insanity Workout series in my apartment stairwell. Number four, hunting slash fishing with my dad. Hunting and fishing are my major passions, but it's not the same doing them alone. And number five, eating out. The quality of delivery slash takeout doesn't compare. There you have
2: it. And I, I'll, John from Lynchburg had one funny one. He said, using excessive toilet paper. <laughs> that, <laughs> or using excess toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's been a problem for you.
1: Yes, yes. Because, well, we can't go there. Um, <laughs> but isn't it still crazy that you go to the grocery store and there's, no, there's still no toilet paper? Yeah,
2: I don't understand why there was such a rush on it. Like, everything would have been fine if everyone just did the same, you know, like went about their day the same way. Like no one, if no one had bought it all up, we all have it. Well, I think that just... just, There was never a shortage. There was never a shortage, you know?
1: Yeah, well, I think it shows the power of social media because what happened was... You know, a few areas, people just went out and just killed it with the, with the toilet paper. And then someone went behind them and said, oh, my God, there's no toilet paper. I posted it on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. And and it just created a, a firestorm. And now we still don't have toilet paper. We If we need toilet paper, we haven't. But if we need toilet paper, we have to go to our local Walmart right when it opens and grab like the one or two. That are on the um, the aisle, but if you go in the afternoon, it's the entire toilet paper section is is emptied. It's just crazy. And now we're supposed to, and I'm going to contribute to this, but now we're going to have a um, a meat shortage. That they're saying in a in a few weeks or in a week or so, which yeah, is going to be worse. Meat guy. Missing that's, that meat. That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. All right.
2: I mean, the toll the toilet paper stuff's weird. Yeah, you're right. Social media. One person posts it, and someone else goes out. Everybody goes out and gets excessive amounts of rolls and all of a sudden there's not some for anybody yep. um you a big uh
1: wet wipe guy i am not i have flushable, i don't want to
2: flushable moist works. i
1: i am not but i have a a friend who's in this industry who i have uh, spent a lot of time with i'm not going to name his name because i don't think he would think it's funny but um we have shared hotel rooms together and that sort of thing and it's yeah. always funny because he has to always make a trip to um somewhere to buy these flushable wipes um so i guess to each his own uh, I, i'm Dude, cool
2: game changer it's a game changer
1: really yeah so you I, re- I made
2: this sh- i don't i don't so i go i mean this is gonna get graphic but oh, dudes being guys uh you know you go you go dry
1: a couple wipes dry then you finish off with the uh, moist boy oh god <laughs> right i guess i i haven't converted so i i don't know what the the method is I don't want to see your. Although, so based on what because, you eat, because of the the toilet paper drought, as we'll call it, um, the when when it first happened, my wife went and tried to buy toilet paper and couldn't, so she bought a bunch of baby wipes. Now we've never opened yeah. them yet, um, and I think baby wipes aren't flushable, so that that adds a whole different dynamic to this problem. But yeah, so we have an entire case of baby wipes in her trunk that we're going to eventually return to Walmart. But we're just holding on it just in case things really get crazy with the toilet paper drought.
2: Yeah, you got to make sure you get the flushable ones because there's definitely ones that aren't flushable. And there's some that are.
1: Yeah, uh, I yeah, think we, uh, we, we need to get into our, our personal top fives before this gets too. <laughs>
2: Moist Toilets and Metamucil have been um, game changers for me on the, the bowel movement area. <laughs> all right. Um, our top five. Go ahead, Don. All right.
1: So uh, I'm, am I doing all five? that's how we've been doing it for the last six months hey never know if you want to change it up go one one by one anyway number five for me is uh like like a lot of people mentioned. i think everyone almost mentioned um restaurants bars um you know i i too didn't realize how much i went out to eat or went to bars until i wasn't able to do those things we are getting takeout and everything but it's just not the same it's just sometimes it's just it's just good to just kind of get out and Put the house aside for a little bit, especially if it's just me and my wife and no kids. Number four, haircut. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. This is, this is a secret. Since we're, you're sharing me, sharing with me your, your bowel practices. <laughs> um, this is, this pales in comparison. But in addition to getting my haircut, this is a little secret that I'm letting everybody in on. All right, <laughs> I also am a regular. I well I regularly get my eyebrows waxed. If I don't Oh my gosh. If I don't I have a unibrow. So now I'm <laughs> plucking but I'm a little bit of a wuss. It freaking hurts. So I need to go to um my waxing place and I cannot. And it's, it's tough. I'm looking like a werewolf over here. I mean I'm doing what I can. So yeah, so that's getting my hair cut. It yeah I, i'm due for another haircut and now i don't know what i'm going to do i mean my wife wants to give me a fade which i don't trust all that much my kids want to shave my head again so this might be a oh yeah they shaved to put up. It. yeah they shaved it so they're so are, to shave it. are
2: all haircut
1: places uh closed as far as i know if anybody is aware of a hair cutting place i'm i can deal with the hair stuff it's it's the lack of a, of a eyebrow wax is what's really, yeah. yeah.
2: I was just wondering. Cause I, I'm, I mean, my hair is super long right now, so I was just it kind of getting to the point where I need to get one. I was wondering if those things are open. I guess you're just so close in contact, that it's just not good. Okay. You got to turn your phone off, man. You, that yeah. ring is so annoying all right continue
1: (laughs) all right so uh number three for me we actually might get back pretty soon uh, watching the news this morning baseball i was really looking forward to the Phillies season and there was something on the news this morning talking about how uh, they have a new plan um and it's actually sounding pretty promising when they break it up into three regions as opposed to the national league and american league hopefully that comes back number two hockey season um really missing the flyers were doing really well there towards the end and um You know, I don't know. I don't think I don't I didn't think they were going to win the Stanley Cup or anything, but I thought they would make some noise in the playoffs. So it stinks that 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 was cut short. And who knows if it comes back, what it's going to look like, what the team's going to look like and all that. And number one for me is, as I mentioned before, really enjoy watching my kids play sports. Um, so, um, can't wait for that stuff to come back. The, the irony of all this is that so both my kids are in travel basketball and those seasons have not been canceled officially. And both of them actually, it's my daughter's in AAU and they actually think that they're going to have some sort of season at some point. Um, which is kind of crazy to me, but we'll see what happens with all that. All right, Ross, what is your, what is your top five? Okay. You know,
2: it- um, well, first of all, do you think, do you really think baseball's gonna come back or, or any of these sports? I mean, I, God, people don't think football's gonna happen.
1: Well, are you talking about college football or the NFL? Because I think there's a huge difference I mean, between you, pro and college.
2: Yeah. So do they think that pro will happen with no fans, maybe?
1: Yeah, with no fans, and you basically have to isolate the players. And yeah. I mean, you know, it stinks, but I don't know. I think the NFL, yeah. well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, there's so much, but I, I think that that they're going to try to do whatever they can with this.
2: <laughs> Great insight, of course. Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, you just, you, I try to be optimistic, but then people you're saying they don't think it's going to happen. So, well, the
1: the problem with like the NHL and NBA is that they are now starting to kind of get close to butting up against the next season. So. You know that that obviously adds to it, and then even though they were in season, they're going to need a few weeks to get reconditioned. Baseball is a little bit different. You know, um, really, the, the the pitchers are the ones you get to worry about the most. But I mean, I think baseball is kind of built for it because you could probably play, you can shorten the season, and then even play a few games in one in one day. Um, a team could play, you know, a b- bunch of double headers. So it's a little bit more. I think more more realistic. Because just the nature of, of that game, but I don't know, we'll have yeah, to see. yeah,
2: okay, my you know, my list, I struggled with it because honestly, I mean a lot of my life hasn't changed that much because I do work from home. I don't go out a lot, I don't go out to eat hardly ever cook I, I cook a lot, you know, we work from home, but so I was trying to think of some things, but I got I think I got a couple. you know, the big thing is travel, you know, I like to go away on weekends sometimes, especially in the spring and summer when there's less things to cover. To the mountains a lot, all those waterfall hikes. I mean, I potentially had been planning a, a trip to Asia, which obviously would not be very smart at all. Now, no. but, You know, I had some bigger trips in the summer and spring planned. So those are all on hold, I guess. Um, and then, so yeah, but, you know, I can still do some mountain stuff because uh go up there and you can kind of socially distance on hikes and stuff. Um, You know, honestly, I don't – sports, I don't miss much because I don't watch anything once – ncaa basketball ends i don't watch baseball i don't watch hockey i don't watch nba i take a huge break from april into the first of april to uh to the start back of um college football and nfl football so i'm not really missing that because it wouldn't be happening i guess i did i really did miss the ncaa tournament i love that obviously uh hanging out with friends you know occasionally go to people's houses hang out get together friends casual beer here and there afternoon those won't happen Uh, at all. And, uh, and then I think the big thing is, is family. You know, I'm really close to my, or I like to think I'm really close to my niece and nephew and they, my, my sister-in-law is pregnant right now and she's due at the end of May. So they're being really careful. And, um, I haven't been able to see my niece and nephew hang out with my brother and sister-in-law. I didn't even see my parents. And, and when the baby is born in the end of May, I won't be able to see my new niece so that's kind of crazy, you know. You got a new addition. I have a very small family. New addition to the family. You won't be able to hold the baby and and, and play with the baby and whatnot. That's gonna be tough, I think. Especially, you know, I've been there every time my brother has had a kids and such A lot of kids. I've I've seen the baby within hours of of birth. So uh, that's important to me as a um, as a man with no kids and no uh, kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully are part at of mine? some point.
1: You don't want to play online. No, they're they're boring right now and they're bitchy and you know, ugh, you don't want to do
2: Jeez, that. Language. Do you play they play video games? They do. Are you are you a video gamer?
1: No. I'm at, I'm
2: anti. My kids okay. will never play video games.
1: All right. Well, my son would play video games from the time he he would wake up early, play video games from the time he woke up until he went to bed and he would basically wait until he absolutely could not keep his eyes open a- unless we kept restrictions, which we have restrictions on his time. But um, my yeah, daughter, I mean, I mean she'll, I... Play, she'll play some. She's more big into, like, TikTok, stuff like that. Yeah. I
2: don't think I've met your son before.
1: I, um, I've actually made some um, appearances on TikTok, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah.
2: There you go. Yeah. yeah, TikTok's blowing up right now. Uh, okay. That's it for us. You said you had an outro?
1: Yeah. So um, before I get to the outro, just want to say, Ross, it was good speaking with you and I will talk to you next week.
0: And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're going to do things all the time together. Just because we're not on a bachelor party doesn't mean that we can't hang out.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-shirt.com, Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.